is lead and believe. I believe, Benny. Now can you help me lead? Oh, boy, Brad. Here we go again. Absolutely. This is a podcast for leaders who want to build a world-class culture. I'm Brad Gustafson. And I'm Ben Gilpin. Benny, so great to be together. That was horrible. I'm sorry, buddy. Here's the thing. I have not even told you about this, so I feel like I'm ambushing you. But I wrote down this thing on a post-it note today, and I said, I want to talk to Ben about this. And here's what I got on my post-it note. (laughs) So we'll see how you respond. The thing about culture, dot, dot, dot. And literally, I wanted to hear what you thought about culture. So that's all it is. Like, well, actually, technically, I wrote down, here's the thing about culture. And then I just wanted to hear what you said because, well, I think it's kind of a big deal. It's absolutely a big deal. So first yeah. off, Gustafson, great, great to hear from you. Great to, to see you. I know you've been kicking things off this week, which means all the things. It means busyness, yeah. all, all sorts of things. Which is why, which is exactly why I'm thinking about this stuff. As we're making all these micro decisions, I do tend to believe that it feeds into larger systems and beliefs and things like that. So I, I, anyway. Yeah, so, so whether you're in business, whether you're in, in, in any education, you name it, and you're in leadership, culture, the culture of an organization, the culture of a group, that's a big deal. And so when you ask the question about culture, dot, 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 here's the first thing that comes to mind for me. The very first thing, there's a difference between culture and climate. So that's the very first thing that comes to mind, culture, climate. And this is what I was told years and years ago that I've tried to, to remind myself of, that the culture culture essentially is, is what do you believe in? What are you made of as an organization? The family first. Uh, we have each other's back. We cannot always see eye to eye, but when the chips are down, we pick each other up. That's our culture but the climate, the climate is something that you can't always control. So, for example, perfect example is when life basically turns upside down and you've got lemonade or you've got lemons going and you want to make lemonade or you've got, you know, you feel like you got rotten tomatoes or you get, you get sick and you get COVID or whatever happens, that up and down of life, that tends to be more the climate. And, and here's a wonderment. Can the climate become culture if we're not careful? Or maybe if the climate is really exceptional, can that become the culture? Okay, so this is kind of where I'm going to go with this one. Oh, okay. As a leader, I know early on in my career, I became almost obsessed with trying to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was told about the difference between climate and culture. And the climate the day-to-day happiness of each individual, that's really hard to control that. And it's probably not what the leader is supposed to do. However, the culture, what are we made of? What are we about? Checking in on people, showing compassion, having a um, an appreciation for what people do, making sure that they feel valued. Those are part of what the culture is. What about, Ben, someone who might you know push back or at least ask you a follow-up question because I'm picturing the employees and people we serve or even colleagues, what if they were to say, don't you want happy employees? Isn't that important? And won't that help contribute to the success of the organization, school, classroom, et cetera? 
I think that you do want happy employees. I also think that there's no way you can control every every single thing. And and what I mean by that is staff member or employee, employee, you're having a conversation in the morning and you find out that there's a family issue, maybe a marital struggle, maybe um, something going on with, with their kids. I think it's great to listen, show compassion, be sensitive, be understanding. However, it also is not necessarily your role to fix that. Maybe just simply being a listener and being supportive helps with your culture, but you're not necessarily supposed to fix everything. And and I would also say this, if you see yourself, because many people are also parents. And so as a parent, is your role always to fix your own kids' problems? I tend to believe helping people be problem solvers, showing them support, that is part of being a good parent and not always fixing people's problems. That's to me the difference between culture and climate. Sometimes in climate, we get so caught up and so focused on trying to make everybody happy that we want to fix everything for everybody. That's not the answer, in my opinion. That's a great, that analogy helped me out. I don't know, it almost D, what's the word? demystified culture a little bit, just thinking about my own kids. You're right. In fact, there are times I'm quite okay if they're not happy because a lot of growth and things can happen in those moments, but I always want them to feel valued. I always want my kids to know that I want to invest in our family and it just all, you know, I don't need to go into all that stuff, but that's an interesting distinction. So my question for you is, right now, we know that around the globe, there's a bit of a um, worker shortage. I love how you can say that with a straight face. Yeah, there is a bit of a shortage, Benny. <laughs> right. So you got, you got this worker shortage, and there's probably so many people in leadership that feel it very important to make people happy so that they'll stay in the job. Mm. So I guess the question is, is that really the ultimate purpose? Is the ultimate purpose just simply to make people happy or is it more, it's bigger than that and it's more about value and purpose? That's a really, that's a really interesting question too because I know like whether it's uh, college textbooks or just, there's a lot of commonality in how people describe culture. I, you know, I heard you say this earlier, beliefs, traditions, mindsets, systems, but also, I think I've heard uh, one measure of culture, just one one aspect, is re- retention, like a place of business or school's ability to have people wanting to come back. So although like it's almost a juxtaposition, we just said that can't necessarily be our end goal, or at least keeping them happy can't be. But also, I think that might be part of them coming back. It is. It's a fine line, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's dive even deeper into this. Now, you already threw out the word juxtaposition, so look at you throwing out the big words. I'll look it up later. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) So in a recent article, this was in What's Next. So What's Next, if you happen to uh, jump online and look at uh, nowandnext.com, the article is about top trends, what's next. And it asks the question, ultimately, what are these key components that make up culture? What are the key components that make up culture? So if I were to ask you, Dr. Brad Gustafson, what is something, what is, what is something that makes up culture? Yeah, so one, when I hear you ask that question, it begs another question, or here's what it makes me think of. When I interview people, 
there's a couple things you can count on that they will talk about. They'll talk about the importance of relationships and they'll talk about the importance of communication. Like everyone, but that's not really a differentiator. I'm always interested in, well, tell me more about what that looks like, sounds like, and feels like when when it's strong, when it's effective. And and then what's your role in that? And how, you know, so then when you ask me that question, I'm almost thinking like if we were talking to someone who wanted to learn how to do to do one specific thing that helps culture or that invests in culture, like what would we what would we tell them? What would one of those things be? Okay. So again, here's what you do. I see you're crafty with this. I ask a question and you ask more questions back. Way to dodge that one, Gustafson. Well, part of this is, is I think you know, I think about this stuff all the time. And I don't think I'm the only one who does that. But so these are just questions that float around my head. So you actually triggered one of those questions. I did not. I did not intend. What? Ask me again, Benny. Give me another try, and I'll give you a straight up answer instead of a question. So give everyone a component of culture. What is something that makes up culture? Okay, this might be a little abstract. I think of a little bit almost like the DNA. I, you know, because they say everything can help create culture or influence or change culture. And that's so ambiguous. Like it's culture fog is what it is. Even 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to blow or push the fog aside and reveal the, the tangible elements of that, I look at those as relational. So I picture almost so in a school setting, one of the many countless relationships or an atom, if you're looking at this more through like physics, is that physics? Anyway, Adam. It is. Okay. Yeah. Like the element might be the relationship between principal and teacher and family member and student. And that's just four. There's lots of other important relationships, but that's how I break that's a small component. And then looking at any situation. And how strong are those links in between those elements or those atoms? For example, the communication and trust between principal and teacher might be really strong, but then there might be a gap between principal and family member or parent, whereas it could be strong between the teachers. So I think it's just fascinating. You could have two or three or four people involved in a situation and definitely part of the culture, but there could be large disparities in how they're experiencing that thing. And, and then that's where culture comes in. How can you, how can you change that? Okay. So let's, let's look at this from first. I need to check. Did that make any sense at all? Cause in my head it does. No, it, I don't think you're off track. I'm going to, okay. but you're also a visual person. I think a lot of yeah. the people listening are also visual too. Let's look at this from, let's, let's think about this from a tree. Okay. So you've okay. got your tree. Let's just say the branches, the branches are these major pieces of culture. And then you have the leaves that go off of the branches. So you mentioned already a couple of different things. You mentioned communication. Could that be a branch? Or another one might be trust. Could that be a branch? And then you have things that come off of the leaves that come off of the branch. You see where I'm going yeah, with that visual? Yeah, I hear you. I try to steer clear of analogies where I literally know nothing about the, the subject being compared. So <laughs> whatever it is in a tree that, that brings the nutrients up through the soil, like the lifeblood of the tree, I see that as more than a branch. So with communication and trust, I would equate those to the veins or whatever that are 
running in to everything else. And sometimes they might be strong in certain areas or decisions or work groups. For example, I don't know, Ben, if like departments might be really strong in areas, but others might not have it. So the branches might suffer. But I actually see the what you just said as being like the core, like that's the wood, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So but this is where I'm going with this. Okay. This is the Ultimately, this is the question I have for you, but I have for leaders everywhere. Sometimes in leadership, we have to make or people have to make difficult decisions. And at times, not everybody is going to be happy. So I believe a part of leadership is also the courage to have difficult conversations and the courage to dive into some things that people are not always going to love that we do. But people would say that that takes away from happiness is that part of killing the culture. My biggest fear is that we are now in an age where it's all about trying to just simply make people happy and not always making tough decisions that require courage and stepping up as a leader. So... There's my question for you. Is part of building the culture just simply making people happy? Yeah, I think that it's deeper than that. Something you said earlier really resonated. So it's breaking down the elements of happiness. I don't like that word. And you've convinced me, like, if that's our sole and only focus, we're drastically going to fall short, I think. But if, if we commit to creating systems and even relationships, interactions where people feel valued and psychologically safe and supported, authentically supported and engaged in meaningful work, those might be all elements of happiness or descriptors. But I just think there's so much deeper and I feel like that dips out of the well of culture as opposed to happiness. And I feel like I'm getting this from you, but that's where I'm at right now. Okay, okay. So when I think about myself, I try to stay grateful. I try to stay reflective. I try to um, focus more on on positive things that happen during the day. I try to be more of a, I don't want to be fake. I want to be authentic and genuine. But there is also a part of me that wants to be optimistic. And so I would say for myself, when I feel as though I'm supported and I'm valued I feel as though there's a really critical piece for me in feeling a strong part of the culture. Valued and supported is really critical to me. But I also acknowledge that I'm not, that the way that I feel personally is not necessarily the way that everyone's going to feel. And that's the, maybe that's the tangible thing. When you asked earlier for me to give you something like that might be the thing. It's understanding that everyone, ex- these things that matter, everyone experiences them differently and they need them differently. You feel support one way. Another person is going to feel supported a different way. It might be more about the resources, you know, like in education. I need a textbook. Give me a textbook. That's culture. That's support. Another person be like, no, I want to be heard, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the nuance and the art and I think the beauty of this work, at least as I see it, but it also contributes to that thing I said earlier, the, the culture fog. Yeah, there is there is a bit of a culture fog. And so, you know, I think we actually should probably bring in somebody because if this is beyond you and me. 
bringing in a third voice at some point. Maybe that's what we shoot for. You're making it sound like you got somebody sitting next to you, Benny, I, <laughs> that I didn't know about. Are we, we're talking like uh, next conversation or something like that, right? We are. We're talking about oh, yeah. we're talking about segueing, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. And so here's another. But here I'll throw out this challenge. Sometimes as leaders, we want to be so consistent that we treat everybody similar or the same because we don't want to show favoritism. I've always been a believer that differentiating how we treat employees because not everybody is the same and that every circumstance is going to be different. So there needs to be some type of a baseline that we all treat everybody similar in this respect, but everybody's own personal situations tend to be a little bit different. I also know that some people believe from a leadership standpoint, nope, you have to be consistent. As soon as you start treating people differently, then that's going to be a breakdown in the organization. That's hard for me to completely buy into, but I do know that there is there are people like that. Well, right. And I've seen it. I mean, I've experienced it, Ben. You, as we're personalizing to meet people's needs, situations come up and then different situations come up and it, it can get very gray and mushy and then ultimately feel unfair to people and, and unpredictable. So I think even the best intentions and the most personalized support and flexibility, I think it can have the potential to not work out so well, potentially down the road. That doesn't mean we shouldn't consider those things, but I think part of just transparently talking about what some of the issues could be is important too. Okay, so let's do this. Yeah. We're at that point where we know we're going to go into the next episode tackling a little bit more on culture. But what we really want people to be thinking right now are about, you know, some of these components of what are these critical pieces of culture that that we see on a day-to-day basis and is there a difference? I mean, here's another question for people to think about. Is there a difference between the climate of your organization and the culture of your organization? I feel like there is on that one. I, where I would hope people and myself spend our energy on is breaking down. Instead of saying everything contributes to culture, like breathing, singing, talking, like really what realistically, what are some of those actionable steps, those difference makers that people have experienced? That's where my curiosity is. I don't stay up at night daydreaming about the difference between climate and culture. I do want to know what I what would keep me up at night is how can I invest in a culture that is world class in serving each other and making a difference for kids. And then most, I'm not saying all, but most people at one point or another, if you've been in leadership, you feel a from time to time a sense of trying to fix everything. Mm, yes. Trying to make everyone happy, trying to trying to, you know, yeah. whether it's um, you're going to have a special breakfast or whether you're going to do something like you're going to bring food trucks in or whatever it happens to be. You're going to try to do all these fun stuff to make everybody happy. Is that ultimately the role that we have to try to make everybody happy? Well, here's something you made me think of, Ben. What about we've probably all encountered a human being or a supervisor in our lives or even have heard through a friend about one or something like that, you know, a supervisor who just the opposite, it comes across like they potentially don't give a rip about anyone's happiness. You know, uh, I'm sure we've all heard horror stories and, and I think people, some people probably live those too. So if that, that's almost like a contradiction because if there's zero attention to the health and well-being and happiness of others, I think those cultures are not good either. 
So somehow there is an interaction between climate, culture, how a leader shows up, their ability to show care to others in a meaningful way. We're back to the dot, dot, dots, Ben. <laughs> is that your juxtaposition? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so, okay, so at this point, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. We know we're going to go into next episode and we're going to tackle this. We're going to bring on a guest for that too. So before we go any further, you put me on the spot last week. I'm going to put you on the spot this time. Are you going lead or believe? Here's how I'm going to lead differently. I'm going lead. So okay. you can think of a belief here. But for yep. lead, I think what I want to do is have people see me, like observe that when problem comes up, when they voice something, I want them to literally see me care and listen and follow up by collecting, you know, collaborating and not just making Brad decisions, but more focusing on us decisions. I think that's a lead, that's a leadership behavior. So in a nutshell, thanks for letting me process just really authentic listening and collaboration. That's the lead for me, because I think that'll make a difference for culture. What is your belief? What are you, what are you thinking after all this? What am I thinking? So let's just, let's see if I can be concise with this. What I am believing is I'm believing that there is no substitute for anybody in leadership to show people that they are valued and supported. Dang it. I should have picked believe. <laughs> I should have picked believe. Cause that's the, that's like actually my main takeaway from this. You said it right towards the beginning. Never underestimate the importance of someone feeling valued. Like that's the belief. I gotta, I gotta not rush into my decisions next time. You put, <laughs> you really did put me on the spot there. All right, people, we are so glad that you tuned in for, for this. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and reactions at hashtag lead and believe. Do both. Fantastic, everybody. See you next week. We will continue the conversation on culture. Creating a world-class culture requires intention and optimism. And sometimes it's the small steps a leader takes that matter the most. We hope today's conversation helps you move hearts and mountains as you lean and believe. believe.